the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, the great Bob Woodson of the Bob Woodson Center and 1776 Unites on his vision of race relations in America. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. So happy to be joined today by Bob Woodson, a man I have long admired because of his integrity, his patriotism, and I think, Bob, you've given me permission to call you Bob. Bob Woodson is our guest. You, you just your, your common sense approach toward uniting people. Uh, and for those who might be meeting you for the first time here today, can you give us a quick nutshell story of the life of Bob Woodson, where, where you grew up and how you came to be doing the things you're doing today? Well, thank you, Michelle. Uh, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the middle of the Depression, um, low-income, blue-collar neighborhood. Uh, as I tell people, even during segregation, 95% of all households had a man and a woman raising children. Elderly people could walk safely without fear of being assaulted by their grandchildren. Never heard a gun fired uh, throughout my entire early life, uh, even during segregation. Uh, my dad died when I was nine, leaving my mother with a fifth grade education and five kids to raise. My goodness. And I, be, I I cleaved to a group of friends, and they were all positive. And when they graduated from high school, I was a year younger, and so they I was unaffiliated. I quit and went into the military in uh, 1954 and was blessed to be trained in the space program, finished my GED, came out, worked uh, full-time, and got my undergraduate degree and joined the civil rights movement but became very disenchanted uh, with the movement when I over the issues of force busing for integration and also when the civil rights movement morphed into a race grievance industry in the 60s. And they became elected officials. And, and, and so what I've witnessed is that the, the decline in these communities in the face of civil rights gains, and I realized I was in the wrong struggle. So mm -hmm. I began to leave the civil rights movement and work on behalf of low-income people of all races. Because as Dr. King said, what good does it do 
to have the right to live where you choose if you don't have the means to exercise that right. So freedom isn't just opening the doors of opportunity. It means preparing yourself to walk through those doors. And so I've devoted my entire life of working on behalf of low-income people of all races to help them to promote the ability to walk through and take advantage of the freedoms that we have. So that's what my organization of 40 years has done. We, we help people to be agents of their own uplifts. And I've been a critic of the, of the, of, of the, of the polarization and tribalization of the race issue, the denigration of the values of the nation. And so I, I consider myself a patriot and the people I serve are also strong patriots. It's just, it's an amazing life story. Your legacy is already set. And, and it's one of the things that caught my attention as you described your experience in the civil rights movement was you were drawn to it and then you were turned off by what you saw happening to it. Was there a specific moment or instigator of that change in the civil rights movement, of that turn toward, as you put it, race grievance? Yeah, there were two uh, situations. I was leading demonstrations outside of a pharmaceutical company, Wyeth Laboratories in Westchester, Pennsylvania. It's a small city 30 miles west of Philadelphia where Baird Rustin was raised. And when they desegregated, uh, they hired nine black PhD chemists. When we asked them to join our movement, they said they got these jobs because they were qualified. And I realized that this happened a couple more times, that there was a bait and switch going on, that we were using the conditions of all blacks, but it only prospered uh, those who are professionally designed. So that was one reason. The other on force busing for integration. I parted company with my civil rights peers because I believe that the opposite of segregation is not integration, it is desegregation. And I think the civil rights movement incorrectly argued separate is inherently unequal, it should have been argued that it is strategically unequal. Because if you say something is inherently unequal, it means anything that is all black is all bad. Hmm. And so uh, the civil rights movement said, well, Bob, your position is consistent with the Klan and the John Burt Society. And my response was, if Hitler likes classical music, should I not like it? <laughs> Which is a, a quite a, a clever response. A, a, you make a really interesting point here. In other words, what you're saying is, if you have an all black elementary school, that does not make it bad just no. because those kids happen to live in that neighborhood and go to that school. So why force the integration? Why not just raise the standards for that that elementary school? Is that do I have that right? Yeah. In other words, what what. I, I had an argument with the back in before the New York Bar Association with Julius Chambers. He was the head of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, a PhD from Harvard. And midway through our debate, I said, Julius, if we had two circumstances, school A, that's all black where there's a presence of excellence, and school B, that is diminished excellence, but it's integrated, where should we send our children? He said, to school B. I said, we have no, no, no comment. Let me talk about Michelle. Marva Collins in, on, in Chicago, worst public school, she left and established the Eastside Academy, where she took kids who were failing in the public schools and demonstrated that they can be taught. 
And as a consequence of her success, she was assaulted by the teachers union. But also it meant there were some white parents who brought their children into this low-income black neighborhood because Marva Collins demonstrated that she can produce excellence in outcomes. And if you set up established centers of excellence, the byproduct will be integration. Oh, that's interesting because it, it, it attracted these other kids from white communities. And, and so the integration was organic is what you're saying. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, I have challenged some of the 16, 19 scholar, uh, people when they were saying that the, that the education disparities today between blacks and whites was associated with the legacy of slavery and discrimination. This is not true because in our essays, we looked at five high schools at the turn of the century in in uh, major cities in New York, uh, 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 Dunbar High School in in Washington, Frederick Douglass in Baltimore, and Atlanta and New Orleans. Nineteen twenty, those schools had crumbling buildings, used textbooks, half the budgets, but every one of those high schools outtested every white school in those cities. Wow. Wow. See, these so are, a, yeah, these, that, that's, that is, I, I'm fascinated to, and when we come back from this break, I'm going to ask you why you think it is that when you have concrete evidence like you've just detailed, why it is that people want to turn their backs on it and continue to cry racism. We're talking with the great Bob Wood, Woodson of the 1776, uh, what unite and he has done so much throughout his career, and it's, it's just an honor to have him. More with Bob after this. You know, I recently learned that when you go to the grocery store, 85% of grass-fed beef is imported. Did you even know that? So I switched. I now use Good Ranchers, and they deliver a 100% American meat experience to your door. So it's delivered. It's fabulous. It's high quality. They guarantee your meat is born, raised, and harvested here in the United States so that you know what, where it comes from and who you are supporting. I think I should probably say whom you're supporting, but grammar aside, you're already buying meat. So why not buy it from American ranchers? You're buying local, you're helping. And sometimes it feels overwhelming to get everyone together for dinner and put together a good meal. But with Good Ranchers, you've got these individually packaged portions of steak, chicken, seafood. Bring them out of the freezer. Throw a little salt and pepper, olive oil, whatever you want. Throw them on the grill. Throw them into the oven to bake them. Your air fryer, whatever it is. My kids, it's, it's hard to get them to eat good stuff. But they love Good Ranchers. My daughter is requesting always, I want that fajita chicken, mom. So this is the way to go. This is the way to bring good American-raised beef, chicken, and seafood into your home. Good Ranchers is a company that supports American ranchers and business. They support us, so check them out. And when you use my promo code, TAFOYA, T-A-F-O-Y-A, you get $30 off your order plus free express shipping. That's two big savings. So use my code TAFOYA, T-A-F-O-Y-A. Go to goodranchers.com slash TAFOYA and order some great stuff for your freezer. This is, this is the way to go. Support American and eat deliciously good food from Good Ranchers. 
This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Bob Woodson, you just talked about high schools that had crumbling buildings, used textbooks, but because of the approach, because they believed these kids could be taught, they out-tested they, the white high schools in the same areas, these five schools you, you, you pointed to. Why don't people want to celebrate that success and copy it and instead say, you're going against our narrative and this isn't going to work. What, what, I don't understand the resistance to these raised standards, these these examples of achievement and saying, no, 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 you're wrong. We're right. It goes all the way back to the days of slavery that we're underachieving. Because it really deflects tension away from the real problems. And that is there is a, a crisis of excellence in America when you compare, as my colleague Ian Rowe pointed out in his studies, 40% of white children are not even meeting the basic standards. Correct. So yeah. when you compare whites and blacks, that's an in it. We ought to be comparing all students to a standard yes. of excellence. And so the only way that we can uh, promote excellence is if we can stop looking at life through the lens of race. Because by, by racializing everything, it becomes a distraction. It becomes a, a, a reason that people can use to deflect attention away away from what I was debating Hawk Newman from Black Lives Matter. And I yeah. said, tell me why we were able to achieve educational excellence when racism was enshrined in law. And we can't today when the per capita expenditure in most education system is the highest and blacks are running the same systems today. And the, and the answer is, as long as they can keep attention focused on racial disparity and institutional racism, they will not have to be held accountable for why children are failing in systems run by black people. In cities just... that have been run for 50 years, that's where you find the crime and the violence. Yeah, yeah. And and it seems to me that the, if you look at kind of the offshoot of all this stuff of Black Lives Matter of of 1619, we talk about more separation, not less. And and I'm not talking about segregation. I, it, it just seems to me as though they almost want to be separate. They they want to highlight their grievances and make them the most important people in society instead of 
kind of reaching across and partnering with everybody who wants everybody to succeed and saying, how do we best do this? Am I wrong? Go, Go ahead. No, you're right. My colleague, Delano Squires, one of our scholars, he he really described the problem. He says, you have elite guilty whites who are seeking absolution from crimes they never committed and elite (laughs) rich blacks who are seeking absolution from injustice they never suffered. Oh, my goodness. so, So this whole narrative is being driven by the elites uh, with the consequence that the people at on the bottom are the ones suffering the most. Yeah. Just like the civil rights leadership opposed choice and education while every one of them sent their children to Sidwell Friends and other private schools. But but uh, to deflect attention away from the, this uh, moral, uh, you know, uh, hypocrisy, mm-hmm. they keep us riveted on race. And so when you say they keep us riveted on race and those who, yes. And so thus those in the nation who buy in, why can't they see past this? And, and is this across black and white communities? It, that, it this- is, it is elitism that's driving. It isn't race. Okay. It's elitism on both the left and the right. Okay. In fact, I'm thinking about being self-certified uh, a racial exorcist. So I'm going to say to all guilty white people, you know, you are absolved from slavery discrimination. uh, And now let's get down to the business of rebuilding our nation. Boy, would that be something? I I wish you I wish that that's all that it took, Bob, because (laughs) that 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 would handle it. But unfortunately, that's not all it's going to take. So at least I can get enriched, though. I can I can (laughs) I can get me some race hustling money, too. There you go. I was going to bring up this <laughs> use use the term race hustling. You know, it's it's it does seem to be an industry. You can look at Al Sharpton, you can look at Joy Reid on MSNBC and countless others who are doing really well financially, right? And but they continue to tell black Americans you are oppressed. Right. And 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 I don't how can we work as a community, black, white, brown, Asian, whatever, to, to to convince these people who are who are listening and are believing this? How do we convince them otherwise? I mean, it just seems like the arguments are so clear to me, but uh, maybe I'm crazy. No, what what we're doing at the Woodson Center is that we're putting together what we call a a, a strategy that will unite America. But what we need on our side is not just offering counter arguments to what the left is doing. We must support the thousands of grassroots Josephs that are low income leaders in these communities that are regenerating and promoting redemption among some of the most uh, challenged communities around. We must fund them. We must do on our side what the left does on that side, Mm -hmm. that we must support agents of transformation in these communities. That's why I'm calling for joining the Pharaohs and the Josephs of this world. Uh, I've written a book called The Triumphs of Joseph. Joseph, as you know, was from a dysfunctional Hebrew family, but he was sold into slavery by his family, but he never succumbed to bitterness, but he was also continued to be faithful to his God. And so eventually the good Pharaoh 
is a powerful person who's able to look beyond their 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 wealth and 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 see trouble coming but reach across race and ethnic lines to empower a 31-year-old uneducated Hebrew shepherd and together they re- restored the country that's the kind of coalition we're trying to build at the Woodson Center low-income leaders in these communities that rebuild from within using the values of our founders together with wealthy those outside who can come together and provide the kind of financial support that they need but also when you support low income leaders it'll undermine the left because they purport to be the legitimate representatives of the poor but if you give the poor the means to speak for themselves it will undermine the moral authority that the left has as uh, as a uh, warriors for for the poor. So that's the strategy that the Woodson Center, uh, for instance, 82% of all blacks do not support defund the police. Right, right. And so we're trying to bring about a, a coalition uh, of people, black and white, who are committed to the principles of the nation, but are willing to roll up their sleeves and invest not only money, but time and attention to building these partnerships between the Pharaohs and the Josephs so we can take back this country. Okay, I, I hope you can see me. And for those who are only listening to this podcast and don't have the video, I'm raising my hand because what I want to do is I want to help. I'm, I want to be part of this. You make such a compelling case. And the thing that I love about your philosophy, Bob, is that you're looking for the positive. You're looking for ways to help people advance and rise in their from their circumstances and do it together. You're not looking at a way to blame anybody else. You you are uh, we had Ian Rowe, y- your colleague on this show and he talked about agency. We're looking to to remind people or empower them maybe for the first time they're hearing it. You have agency in this. You have positive choices you can make. Let's help you make them. So um, I, I just applaud what you're doing. Before we go to our last break and come back, for people who want to get involved in this effort, Bob, how do they find you? What do they do? If you can go on the woodsoncenter.org, the woodsoncenter.org, or 1776unites.com. Uh, and you can contribute. We also have some pharaohs have rolled up their sleeves, and they're partnering with our local grassroots leaders and providing all kinds of technical support, managerial assistance. So we're, we're, we're trying to excite our, uh, these kind of partnerships. And do you feel as though you have a growing network that is as enthusiastic as you are that can help counter what the left is trying to sell here? Over the past 40 years, the Woodson Center has served 2,500 low-income grassroots leaders in 39 states. They're all different races and ethnicities. In the 40 years, we've had conferences, excuse me, and retreats. Racial animus has never come up one time in any of our gatherings. That's because I tell people 80% of my closest friends are X something. They have letters in front of their names, not in back of them. <laughs> yeah. And 
when they get together, all they want to do is share their 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 journey from brokenness to blessedness. That's all they want to do is share that journey. And that's what Americans are thirsty for. They want inspirational. That's why I believe in Dr. King says that we should practice agape love. I I don't wish ill of those who are my opponents. I'm trying to change and transform them. More with Bob Woodson. Uh, In just a moment, we will wrap up with some really tough and important questions right after this. It's hard to believe that in just a year, just under a year, the stock market has plummeted from where it was last November. But it's also exciting to know that gold has been on the rise. So while gas prices are ridiculous and the stock market is all over the place with volatility, inflation is its worst in 40 years. I know you're all feeling that. Plus, we have this war in Russia and Ukraine that is gumming up all kinds of things. The markets don't like this instability, but the good news is you have options. Gold prices are rising as investors turn to gold for protection because gold provides a hedge against inflation and protects against a weakening dollar. Legacy Precious Metals is the only company I trust for investing in gold and silver. You need an investment that's going to protect your retirement and your wealth. Gold and silver are the way to go. Call Legacy Precious Metals today. And you want to be proactive while there's still time. And I don't mean to sound like a doomsayer, but remember 2008? Those who invested in gold saw huge gains, while others simply lost their retirements. Legacy Precious Metals can advise you on all of your options for investing in gold and silver. So why not just give them a call and ask them some questions? You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or go to LegacyPMInvestments.com and download your free investment guide, LegacyPMInvestments.com. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Bob Woodson, um, the WoodsonCenter.org, 1776unite.com. Folks should check this out. We need unity in this country. And it seems to have really hit a, a turning point, if you will, in 2020, starting with the COVID lockdowns and then the brutal murder of George Floyd and what that resulted in, which was rioting. And, you know, Bob, I saw a film recently called I Am a Victor, 
and it was produced by a gentleman named Kendall Qualls and Take Charge Minnesota, which is a a group that I'm certain you are you would have a kinship with. And they interviewed a number of people, Black Americans, and one of them said, and she was so compelling. She said, in the riots during the riots. People were saying, well, this is how they're grieving. This is, they're showing they're grieving. They're, and, and she said, and, and people were running around like children and wild animals, and that's acceptable? Why is that acceptable? She said it wouldn't be acceptable for any other race to be doing that. But for some reason, we've given permission, and this is a black woman talking, we've given permission to black Americans to, to you know, cry like children and, and throw tantrums. Now, I'm not saying that's across the board, but this was her observation of the riots. What do you think those riots resulted in for the black community in America? Well, first of all, the you look at a, a city like Ferguson, 51 people were arrested for rioting and looting. Only one was from Ferguson. Yeah. Only one. <laughs> Most of the people in these cities who are coming in, they are deliberately trying to use and exploit America's racial past to really undermine the fundamental values of this country. Black Lives Matter has always been a sham. And it revealed itself in in Minnesota when it went, it migrated from seeking justice for blacks to denigrating Christian faith burning a cross and burning the flag. Mm-hmm. So they hijacked the civil rights movement. And unfortunately, members of the Black Caucus and the civil rights leadership stood by and allowed that appropriation and theft of that legacy where, and they were silent in, push, in not pushing back against it. Mm-hmm. So there are there is a difference between those who are ill-informed and those who are ill-intentioned. And it's important to make a distinction between people who may be misinformed. Education can help them migrate to the truth. But those who are ill-intentioned, they're just going to have to be stopped. So are you arguing that Black Lives Matter, that the the organization is ill-intentioned? Of course. First of all, you don't see Black Lives Matter's flags in low-income Black communities. They are mostly white liberal churches and white liberal lawns. You know, the so-called white privilege is really white narcissism. narcissism. <laughs> I mean, it's arrogant for someone to believe that the destiny of some other people is determined what white people do. But, but also, black America has the challenge of confronting the enemy within. And I say, and I've said in, on numerous occasions, Black America should take a hiatus from whining about what white folks have or have not done. We should stop talking about white people for one year and address the challenges that within the community. What kind of support do you get for ideas like that from within the black community? Or is there more pushback than support? No, no pushback from the people who count. We have a group in our uh, that the center has formed called the Voices of Black Mothers United, led by Sylvia Bennett Stone, who lost her 16-year-old daughter to a drive-by shooting. And now she's turned that pain into purpose. And we have reached out uh, to 
mothers who've lost children to homicide. And now we have thousands of them in about seven different states, chapters, that are coming together to give voice to those mothers who are comforting others, but who are also working cooperatively with the police to improve the conditions and prevent violence in these communities. So the, 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 the positions that, that you're hearing me present here is really representative of thousands of people in these communities who do not have a voice. I'm merely giving voice to their desires to reclaim this nation and, and, and take it back from the naysayers that would uh, uh, hijack the rich legacy of the civil rights movement and use race as a bludgeon against the fundamental values of this country. Black, low-income Black Americans are among the strongest patriots America has. Well, this is a really interesting part of this conversation. I think one of the things that has gotten lost, you talk about the founders, you talk about the founding of the, Const- you know, of the nation through the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the founding fathers. And whenever you bring up the founding fathers to those people who have the grievances, they yell back, they were slave owners. That's the first thing they'll say about George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. And yet you had Frederick Douglass, who understood that while the, the Constitution wasn't perfect, it eventually would serve everyone. And, and that's I think what it is designed to do. And the founders knew very well they had this major flaw within the Constitution. But people are just glomming on to that, Bob. And it seems to me that the greatness of the founding and the, the, the greatness of these men and the courage of these men is only again it's like you said it's maybe it's just the easiest thing to do is just to say well they were slave owners so they don't count well how do we uh, counter that well first of all america is first of all black americans have fought in every war that this country mm-hmm. has had they recognize that slavery was america's birth defect mm-hmm. but none of us should be defined by what we used to do or what we used to be America is a nation of redemption. And the very fact that the uh, half of the founders that were slave owners uh, signed a document that held their own behavior uh, 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 in suspect, Mm -hmm. which means I believe it was divinely inspired because why would someone craft a document that delegitimated their own condition? That's why I believe that the the Declaration was divinely inspired. And America is the only country on the face of the earth that fought a war uh, to end slavery. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I I always ask everybody when when I'm confronted with this question, how many of you listening and watching this show want to be defined by the worst that we've ever done as a young person. (laughs) None of us, because we are God's children, and redemption is also a part of who we are as well. And so America, the Constitution, is a way for America, an instrument that promotes 
America founding principles. So we're always, it's self-correcting. It's a self-correcting document. I love your perspective. I admire it deeply. And I will be going to the woodsoncenter.org after we disconnect here today and figuring out a way that I can help because this feels productive to me. This doesn't feel like just throwing money at a problem to make myself feel better. This feels productive to me. And I wish you nothing but great success in all the endeavors that you undertake. You've worked so hard, Bob, and you continue to be a champion of this cause. And I could talk to you all day. And I just want you to know, (laughs) I appreciate so much what you do, what you stand for. And I, I just hope it continues that your movement continues to grow. All the best to you. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm blessed to have this opportunity. We're, we're lucky to have you in this country, on this planet, Bob Woodson. And again, you can go to thewoodsoncenter.org or 1776 Unite. Is it Unite or Unites, Bob? Unites, yes. Unites with an S. Dot, dot, com. dot com. Hey, everyone. This has been Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Be brave, do good, and do some real good today by going to thewoodsoncenter.org. Well, we always appreciate it when Charles Thorngren can join the join the podcast and talk a little money and gold in particular with us, gold and silver. And Charles, it's these are mad times. I mean, it's just really wacky. And anyone who's watching the stock market is probably asking themselves, what do I do? I don't I don't know, you know, I'm not I don't know how to ride this roller coaster with everyone. And so, obviously, you recommend investing in precious metals. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. What's the first step that someone should take in learning about what precious metals can do for them? You know, the, the first step, um, give us a call, right? We're, we're going to show you what options there are available. Um, that's what Legacy is about, is showing you options and educating everyone. The important thing to know is that we don't invest in gold and silver because it's pretty or because it's, it's unique. Those things are true, but we do it because it has the history of being the true diversity for someone's portfolio. It's the insurance policy against everyone's retirement and their uh, their savings. So, so this is why we look at, at gold and silver specifically. It's the currency that was always meant to be, right? It's not a fiat currency. There's no um, inflationary effect on it. 
gold and silver are going to be worth what they're worth. The thing that changes with everything is the amount of dollars it takes to buy that gold and silver and the amount of dollars you get for owning that gold and silver. That's the big key. And this is what people don't understand about it typically is that it is not the stock market and it is not the dollar. It's an investment that is counter to both of those. So it gives you true diversity and balance is what everyone's looking for right now. They just don't know it. As inflation yeah. gets higher, this is where gold and silver come in. If someone is saying, okay, I, I want to do this, but I want to choose one or the other. When right. they call you and ask you these questions, when would you recommend gold and when would you recommend silver? You know, that's a great question. And what a lot of people wind up doing is actually doing a little of both because that's possible, right? But it's going to depend on your specific investment parameters. And that's one of the things we're going to do that we're, we're different from your typical stockbroker because we're not going to say, this is what all my customers are doing because that's not what's important. What's important is what matters to you and your portfolio. When is your retirement coming up? What are you looking to accomplish, right? What are your risks? What are, you, what, are your, what are your safety features that you need? So there's a lot that goes into it. And what we do here is talk with you, right? Our, our big thing is to educate you so that you understand why you're doing it as well as in what form and fashion. Because that's important. It is important. And I think, too, that people probably think uh, I'm a small investor. This is not for me. I can't I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to do this at a level that will benefit me to them. You would say what? Um, I don't think you can afford not to. If you have money saved and you're not flush with cash, it's more important than ever for you to make sure that you put yourself in a protective situation. Right. You have less to lose. So you should not lose it. it. It's really, you know, it's it's not about how much money you have or don't have. It's about how much protection you need. And if you don't have a, a very large portfolio, then you probably need it more than the guy who does. Because you can't afford that loss. And look at what the market's done over the course of the year. We are talking about a situation where the loss is extravagant and it's not done yet. This is why we look at uh, precious metals to counter that. And lastly, Charles, for those who fear that a recession may already be here or is coming, what do you tell them about how in a recession this investment helps out? Great question. A um, couple answers there. We are in a recession, um, but the reality is it's not going to get bad for a few more months. Then it's really going to be bad. What we see happen next year is going to be devastating. Just think 2007, 2008, right? The troubles with 2008 happened in 2007. It just took time for it to hit the market in a real sense. And this is what we see. You know, we have inflationary numbers that rival the 80s. Um, that's something that's going to be dramatic. So, when we look at this, we say, why do we want to do it? And that's exactly why it helps because it's not the dollar and it's not the stock market, right? This is the safe haven investment. And if you look at long-term wisdom, that's what metals do. They give you a place to store your wealth without the effects of inflation, right? Inflation is good for your metals. The stock market correcting is good for your metals, a weak economy is better for your metals. 
So that's what it's meant to do. And that's why it has its place in the economy. We're talking about a worst case scenario right now, but even under the best of terms, the government tells you two to 3% inflation is a good thing. And at two or 3%, it doesn't sound bad, right? But over the course of your retirement and your lifetime investing, if you go 40 years, you've lost over 120% of value of your dollar by not having metals. So even in the best of times, there should be some in your portfolio. And during the worst, you really want to make sure you get a hold of somebody who can explain why and show you what options you have. Yeah, that's why we love to recommend Legacy Precious Metals on our show, Sideline Sanity. So the website is LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can also go to the website and find the phone number to call, learn a whole lot more. It's just worth asking some questions, right? A quick phone call and getting more information about everyone's specific situation. Absolutely. We're a no-pressure organization. Everyone who contacts us, they reach out to us. We share information. If it's right for you, great. If it's not, that's great too. Learning something never hurt anybody. No, that is true. And we're <laughs> glad we had you on to learn something from you today, Charles Th Thorngren. Again, it's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Please go check them out. Just ask some questions. Learn a little something. Thank you so much, Charles. My pleasure. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 